Welcome to Cinema Smorgasbord Sells Out, a brand new wide appeal podcast from the lovable jerks behind Cinema Smorgasbord. On Cinema Smorgasbord Sells Out, we'll be looking at recent and historical films that have recently slid into the zeitgeist, and we'll be sharing our controversial thoughts, off-the-wall opinions, and whatever else we can put out into the world. That's right, we'll be talking about movies people have actually seen. On this inaugural episode, we'll be discussing Greta Gerwig's massive candy-colored blockbuster movie, Barbie, from 2023. Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever. You guys ever think about dying? When my heart breaks Some things have been happening that might be related When my world shakes Cold shower Ooh. Falling off my roof ah! And my heels are on the ground Welcome to Cinema Smorgasbord Sells Out, the podcast about movies you've actually heard of. I'm Doug Tilly, and with me as always is the Pope of Chili Town, Liam O'Donnell. How you doing today, <laughs> I like the Pope of Chili Town, Doug. I, I wasn't expecting that. I appreciate it. Well, uh, you know, the notes, so you should be expecting it. <laughs> no, I didn't read the notes. Everyone should know <laughs> no. that I don't read the notes. Well, Something's never changed. <laughs> especially, especially for this show, because I feel like there's not going to be any surprise, like, weirdo facts. or You know what I mean? Like, this, yeah, is, yeah. Just, this is just a thing. I don't, I don't need to s- prepare myself. Uh, also, Doug... One of the reasons I didn't read the notes is that I'm currently in a plague house. My whole family yeah. has, has like it's 2020 or something, caught the COVID, which is ridiculous. It's so retro of us. It's not cool. It's out for 2024, and yet we did it, and I feel very embarrassed. Yeah, you have COVID, Liam. Uh, the one thing that you're not supposed to get. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is this is what's crazy. The whole family, right, got it, right? Uh-huh. Only my wife is was very sick. She got sick first. And then now I'm starting to get sick. Our daughter has also tested positive, has not been sick a single day. So we're all in the house together, but one of us is acting like a crazy person who's trapped with two annoying old people. You know what you should do, Liam? I mean, you don't have to do this, but this is just a suggestion. A blood transfusion from the (laughs) Yeah, clearly her antibodies are way above ours. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're not all they're not worn out like some people like my podcast co-host Liam O'Donnell. Yeah, Liam. Fair. Uh this uh, podcast concept it's been in the works for a little while. Uh we, one of the things we've heard from listeners of the show and people who aspire to listen to the show <laughs> or our shows generally including from the wonderful director Luke Higginson who was a friend of the show and is the director of Relax Some from the Future which is available on VOD now. Um is that he likes to listen to episodes when we're talking about movies he's actually heard of, or well, not heard of. We probably we talk about lots of movies he's, he's heard of, but ones he's actually seen. Because otherwise, it's not as interesting. The conversation's not as interesting if we're talking about a obscure Filipino movie from the seventies, Liam. And so this is a podcast that is about more mainstream work, which is also a little bit self-serving for me personally, Liam, because a lot of these movies, because I'm focused on doing a lot of podcasts where I have to watch specific things for them, I don't get to see. And that includes the movie we're going to be talking about today. This is going to keep, this is like podcast format. It's going to be simple. It's going to be palatable, Liam. You cannot be controversial, Liam. I'm going to be so fucking controversial. Oh, my God. (laughs) We're not going to do like lengthy preambles. Like this conversation right now is already going too too long. We're going to provide a little bit of cultural context for the movie, and then we're going to talk about it. 
So with that in mind, Liam, cut the bullshit. Do you have anything to say before we talk about Barbie the movie? Well, because I ha- I actually have read the notes and I was kidding before, sure. I know that uh, you're not asking me the- these two questions. One is, what is your life experience with Barbie dolls? That one's a quick one. Uh, nothing. I have nothing. I have no connection to them whatsoever. Uh, because I, you don't have a younger sister or an older right, sister. Right, right. Exactly. I didn't grow up with sisters. And the friends I had when I was a kid who had sisters, I think there's just something where when you're when you're growing up with sisters, if you are at all hostile towards those sisters, then you put up this like fake masculinity wall where anything that reeks of, of girliness, you like get really hostile to. So they were all sure. hostile to our, towards Barbies. I didn't have anything against Barbies. You know, they seemed... Like toys, it's like, uh, you know, my superhero toys had superhero outfits and Barbies had Barbie outfits. It just, it, it made sense to me, but I was never really exposed to them. But I will say, as a dad of mm-hmm. a, of a soon-to-be seven-year-old daughter, I have a disgusting amount of experience with Barbie-related media. And I wanted the <laughs> opportunity to talk about this, and I'm glad you gave it to me, because... You've actually, just, just for long-time listeners of our podcast, which is probably very few of you right now, Liam has mentioned before... Barbie-related media, specifically, I think, CG-animated, uh, straight-to-DVD mm-hmm. mm-hmm. type stuff. What's mm-hmm. what's going on? Well, I mean, let's 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 start off with a broader picture, which is people talk about this Barbie movie like it came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. as if there isn't a universe of Barbie-related media. There is. There are tons and tons of TV shows, reboots of those TV shows, various movies. And the worst part is what you just mentioned, is the CG-animated Barbie movies that basically saw what Polar Express did and said, let's do that for 15 years. Like movies that came out in 2020 from Barbie had the animation style of 2001. And it's it's torture. They're all torture movies. Not a single one of them is good. And so when I saw Barbie and it was good in my mind, I you know, we can we can talk about whether it's good or not, but good in I, your mind. I, I I think it was good. That is an accomplishment in of itself because it's like there are so many Barbie things that are terrible. And to be fair, I'm being a little tough. There is one Barbie, I think it's Barbie Dreamhouse or something. There's one Barbie show that's a bit meta where much like on the movie, Barbie lives in a world where she knows she's a toy and she lives with other toys. Huh, interesting. That show is kind of fun and funny, not compared to this movie, compared to other Barbie stuff. It's fun and funny. Uh, but it had one season, I believe. So, like, they did one thing that kind of worked and then they gave up on it immediately. So, there you go. <laughs> I guess I should ask, Liam, has your daughter seen this Barbie movie? Uh, I watched it with her uh, in preparation for this podcast, and that was the third time that she's seen the Barbie movie. Right. So that would suggest that she likes it enough then that, that she was willing to watch it a third time. I think there are parts of it that she doesn't quite connect with or she gets a little bit like less engaged by. But overall, considering how long this movie is, I'm really amazed by how well she is engaged with it. And she has yet to not cackle at the stinger joke at the end of the movie, which she still declares each time is the funniest joke of all time. (laughs) Well, maybe we'll get a chance to talk about that. For those who don't know, Liam, Barbie is, of course, uh, based on the massively popular fashion doll created by Mattel co-founder Ruth Handler in 1959. And since its introduction, Mattel has sold over a billion Barbie dolls uh, with the brand, as we mentioned, expanding into all sorts of things, books, comics, video games, etc. Um... Liam, I don't have any experience with 
Barbie Media. I'm sure maybe when I was a kid, I maybe my sister like rented a video or something like that of some sort of Barbie animated thing. But I, you know, I have a younger sister, and she played with Barbie dolls when uh, I was younger. And because I was raised in a very heteronormative environment, yeah, I, it was very much like I don't want to touch those things. I don't want to put fun clothes on a doll for some reason. I don't know. I want a gun. I want army men with guns and whatnot. Uh, and I don't want to talk about generalities, but generalities is part of what this movie is about and with that in mind let's talk about it 2023's barbie directed by the great greta gerwig also the director of francis ha lady bird and little women from a few years back uh written by greta gerwig and her husband noah bombach uh, the director of kicking and screaming marriage story white noise and the squid and the whale and uh i'm sure a lot of people saw barbie uh not just because they were interested in it because it was part of this huge uh kind of conceptual release strategy i guess it ended up being a strategy maybe not at first the barbenheimer cultural phenomenon which is because they uh released both barbie and oppenheimer christopher nolan's oppenheimer on the same day and both of them ended up being uh, massive successes but barbie was the bigger success it's actually the 14th highest grossing film of all time and the highest grossing comedy film and the first to gross over one billion dollars also was very critically enjoyed as well starring of course margot robbie as barbie uh we have ryan gosling as ken really those are the two leads of the movie there's lots of very famous faces all the way throughout it and i'm sure we'll be talking about some of those i think america ferreira deserves a mention as well uh right up at the top so let's get into it Liam. you already kind of hinted uh that you enjoyed this movie you've seen it i guess a number of times at this point what did you think of barbie I mean, I love it. I I can't pretend I don't. I think there are some criticisms that we could get into, and I know that whenever what? any, whenever <laughs> anything comes, uh, whenever anything comes into the zeitgeist so strongly that it, it's a bit of a phenomena, mm -hmm. there are going to be naysayers, and some of those naysayers are not people who don't like the movie, right? It's folks who see other people acting like this movie is redefining cinema itself, or is the height of feminist critique or whatever, you know, you see the hyperbole of others and you just, you just knee jerk to it. You can't help it. It's annoying to see it. And so I'm glad I, I will say, Lee, I'm sorry to interrupt you for a moment. Yeah. I will say that sometimes I, you see that all the time. And I think yeah. it's actually a necessary response to a yes. certain extent. Yes. But you ever see somebody who is like, no, I like the movie. I just want to like tamp down this, this a little bit. And then that person's whole personality ends up being, I'm the person who don't does not like that really, really right. uh, a beloved yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Even though they actually do like it, they just don't love it to maybe the certain to the same extent, or they don't see the same things in it. I mean, I'm sympathetic to that because uh, that was my experience till they totally shit the bed with the Fast and Furious movies. Because I think the first two are trash, four is trash, and then randomly five, six, and seven are really good. And so then. I'm like, hey, guys, I do like 5, 6, and 7, but this whole thing where we act like these movies are the best things ever, it's really bumming me out. But now they've shit the bed so thoroughly that mostly there aren't people out here being like, no, they're still the best franchise of all time. Like People have kind of calmed down a little bit. And I get that with Barbie, for a lot of people, it was a little bit like, oh, this is feminism 101, or it's a bit hypocritical for this company to be selling us these ideas, or this big studio, or whatever the criticism is. I don't think any of those are wrong, per se. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I managed to see it and fall in love with it, first of all, by seeing it with my daughter and my, and my wife, and seeing the joy it brought my daughter, and seeing a six-year-old you know, hear ideas around patriarchy and ideas around female identity and be able to like process them even at like six years old. I, that really was important to me. And the fact that it managed to even 
make those little accomplishments, not huge strides or anything, but, but little things while still being fucking funny. I've seen it three times now. Mm -hmm. It always makes me laugh. It's always charming. Uh, and then some of the stuff that people are more structurally bummed on. A lot of people think that the Will Ferrell part is kind of stupid or that the movie kind of like gets soft in the middle. None of that distracts me from my overall enjoyment of the movie. I could see what people feel like. Maybe the movie could be a little bit shorter. Maybe the, whole Mattel aspect feels a little bit like spinning wheels for, for folks. But, you know, three times for a movie this long for me, that's rare. We've talked about this before, Doug. I don't, as an adult, rewatch movies the way I did as a kid. You know, I tend to want to see something new. And I went to this third viewing thinking, ah, you know, I just saw this not that long ago again. Do I really want to sit through it? You know, whatever. And I was sold, man. I, I enjoyed it from the beginning to the end. So I really think it's great. It's not, you know... A perfect film, but for for what it is, and it's and again, part of a long lineage of truly shitty, barely anyone cared about what it was. Barbie content, right? Just like so, and and not all of them are that bad, but there there are so many things I've watched where it doesn't feel like anyone cared. They just wanted Barbie to be in it, right? No one really thought about what it was. As long as Barbie's in it, that's all that matters. So to see something that is doing something meaningful while still trying to take seriously the legacy of Barbie, which I think is important, right? Mm -hmm. Barbie had both a positive and a negative impact on the world. And when people try to make it only one or the other, I think they're not taking it seriously. That it, it both was a step forward at a time when things were really bleak for for uh, women, especially in this country, but also in other places, uh, but also caused some real damage psychologically mm -hmm. to people and really played on awful stereotypes as well it was both those things and so i think the movie and i don't know that it does it successfully to be fair but it tries to take seriously that complicated legacy and i find that really awesome without the movie taking itself too seriously where it's like we're really struggling with barbie it's like okay let's acknowledge these things while still giving you something fun and funny to watch and then i think what it ends on is maybe a bit big for the movie maybe that's where some people get lost is the sure. grandiosity of the of the finale but i think there's a lot to talk about there and i feel like i could you know famously i pitch an idea for an article just focusing on the ending uh and friend of the show adriana also one of our, our co-hosts on uh Bar tell me something good was like you really got to write this thing and then i never wrote it i felt really embarrassed <laughs> i just you know it's it was a combo of i'm really intimidated to write it and we can talk about the idea later on uh but also uh, I haven't gotten my keyboard fixed. I need to get my keyboard fixed before I write anything. <laughs> well, maybe you can talk it through a little bit before we finish up this Yeah, I think, I think I will a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liam, this is my first time watching Barbie. I obviously was very interested in it. I'm a huge fan of Greta Gerwig. And I think, by the way, the hiring of Greta Gerwig to direct this and, and co-write it was a sign right from the start that they were taking this a little more seriously than what it could have been. And I think that's actually kind of an important point to make, which is that, <laughs> you know, that... that, that very a young person expression they didn't have to go that hard this movie didn't have to go that hard right it right. didn't have yeah. to include yeah you're i think a lot of those criticisms are 100 percent correct it really soft pedals the capitalism aspect and the um and the class aspect uh that could be you know brought into this and the feminism stuff you know it is very basic it's kind of gender essentialist to a certain extent as well but it's there, and it didn't have to be there. And the fact that it's not only just there, but it's actually a core part of the movie really separates it from a lot of the mass entertainment that is generally designed 
for young women and not just young women, but young people generally that's out there. So I was really kind of pleasantly surprised by that aspect, even though I shouldn't have been, because again, I think that Greta Gerwig is a very talented filmmaker. And um, outside of that, even though that's a very important part of it, it's so visually interesting and fun and there's so many little details to it right it's just it's just a very layered movie it has that great music it has all those great performances every week you know, people pop up I, I i know that people do get annoyed by the will ferrell stuff i think will ferrell is funnier in this than he's been in like a decade i think he's actually really, really funny in it and, and i think uh, i think there's a higher level of criticism there because mattel one of the things to keep in mind is that Mattel was on set every fucking day. Yeah, exactly. Right? They were they were watching this thing with a fine tooth comb, and I think if you are really attuned to Will Ferrell's performance, you're realizing that they're not trying to shit on Mattel because Mattel's letting this movie happen, but they're poking fun, and he's the way. I mean, his whole thing of like we have to protect the feminism of Barbie while I still get to be CEO, exactly, right? and that's what Mattel is sort of doing, and maybe they know that and that's why they let that joke through maybe they didn't get the joke but the part point here is that Mattel is very invested in the legacy of women that Barbie represents but is not interested in hiring a ton of women to work at Mattel and i think that that is fun and funny and is probably the best you can do with a movie that's this corporate it's a corporate yes. movie that's through it. and through and the fact that she got away with so much in it i think is interesting if not you know as impressive as people want it to be yeah, exactly. Though I will say, uh, Jill was watching the movie with me uh, last night. Uh, that's that's when I watched it. I watched it very recently, um, and she watched like the first half and was like, "Why would Mattel make let them make this movie?" Which is an interesting reaction, right? Because they do portray even the corporate structure as being very repressive and very cold. And I mean, it, it's a it does not necessarily show Mattel as a corporate organization um, in a positive light, which is. Not like you said, it is still a Mattel. They had to sign off on literally everything that you see on the screen. I will say that I did think, I think that Rhea Perlman, it's wonderful that she's in this movie. It's so nice to see her again and also see her playing such a different role from the ones that kind of she was established with. Her performance is Ruth Handler. Uh, this is kind of a, a spoiler, I suppose, but the, the creator of Barbie who shows up in this movie, I. It gets a little sappy in a way that I didn't find particularly pleasing. It gets a little huh, interesting. It the way that it's presented is it felt a little more brand ambassador y in the sense it's like it's like I'm the creator. You know, I created Barbie and it's but it is an actress playing the person who created it. Those kind of layers of removal. I mean, I'm glad that they mentioned the tax stuff and the fact that she was a complicated woman and it's not just that it maybe she is deserving of her own movie. But it just felt a little magical in a way that wasn't pleasant for me. I just felt that it was a little more uh, trying to soft pedal a more complex story. And I mean, this is a movie that does not need to go into harsh details of reality, even though some of the movie is about the harsh details of reality compared to the reality of the fiction that they've created. I just didn't like it. I just felt like it went on a little too long, even though it was trying to make a stronger point. Though I am glad that the movie itself ended on... A punchline and a funny punchline. Apparently, the funniest punchline that's ever existed. I mean, Babe loses her mind every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, Doug. I do want to say this is. I, I think my my worry going into the movie was actually that I didn't know how involved Mattel was. So when I heard about it, I thought, Oh, this is just going to be a movie that shits on Barbie. The whole movie is going to be about how Barbie fucking sucks. Oh, you really thought that that was a possibility? 
Oh, 100%. Because I didn't know I didn't know how involved Mattel was. Because one of the things to keep in mind here, when you were like, oh, hiring of Greta Gerwig, um, this movie really is a Margot Robbie movie. All respect to Greta Gerwig. People need to understand, if you see Margot Robbie in a movie recently, and especially if she's the star of it, it's her movie because she owns her own production company. She was in like one movie and was like, yeah, that sucks. I'm going to own a production company and I'm going to own part of every movie that I'm in because I refuse to be used as a tool. And she was 19, by the way, when she started her own company. And so like Greta Gerwig directed this because Margot Robbie allowed her to, right? This was her property. She bought the rights. She's doing the thing. So I thought, oh man, maybe Mattel, how much did Margot Robbie pay them to let, let her use it? And of course... That's not real. Mattel took is is going to be involved, but the the thing for me was, I think the story of Barbie is more complicated than we want to say, and mm. partly that's because I grew up, and I don't mean when I was a kid, but like my tween to teen years, being like, that's some bullshit. Barbie is bullshit, right? <laughs> and not from a boy way. When I learned this, it was from women in my life who were like, sure. this mm-hmm. is bullshit it is destructive everything about it is bad now to well be we fair, grew up Liam, you know in the 90s yeah. they had that talking barbie right exactly hugely yeah, yeah, controversial yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. math is hard or something like that and i yeah. think that's the problem right is that there are a number of things that started off as a good idea or maybe had elements in it that were a good idea that become something else or at least they the idea of it changes you know one of my favorite examples of this doug and this sounds random but i think it's related uh, remember in the 60s through the 70s was sort of the beginning of the Christian attack on Halloween, right? Uh, sure. Churches were like, trick-or-treating sucks, this is evil, it's all about the devil. But if you actually research American history of Halloween back to the 20s, Halloween wasn't about trick-or-treating and spooky stuff. It was often a time for uh, workers, who were mostly children, to like rebel and do crazy shit like in like, I think it was like 1924 or something like that. People can do research and find out. There was like a, a, a young kid rebellion where like 300 some kids attacked a police station and tried to burn it down. Uh, just, you know. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so trick-or-treating and the focus on wearing spooky outfits and making this like a community event was created by the fucking church as a way to control people so they wouldn't do crazy shit. And then within 40 years, the same churches are like, I don't know, this is a celebration of the devil. We should stop it. And I'm like, did everyone forget that this was your fucking idea? In the same sense with this Barbie thing, yes, it made money and it was always about making money, but it was also like a way, I really do think, to expand the possibilities for women. However... Whenever people try to expand the possibilities for any group, their imagination for what that is might be limited. They might have a limited perspective of what an expansion of those possibilities are. So, yeah, I guess it's great that Barbie gets to have all kinds of different jobs and that Barbie looks it's not a it's not a baby doll. Like there there are all these like things that were for what they were kind of progressive. But also, I think from day one, it was problematic. And then as time moved forward, all the money was actually making young girls feel shitty and that's where the focus became was more this other thing you know so i think the movie tries to take seriously both the positive thing which i think is there and that a lot of people will defend while trying to acknowledge some of the negative i think ultimately because it's such a mattel property it can't fully take on the negative right it yeah. just can't mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. just can't do that it and gives it sort of lip service i mean it certainly acknowledges it in a way that yeah, i was yeah, a little yeah, surprised yeah. by but it definitely does not you know, even though it's kind of at the core of what the movie is about, it really doesn't delve into it in a way that blames Mattel in it. No, not at all, not at all. And so, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, 
it is, I think, in line with these other kind of branded movies that have been coming out, right? Whether that's like the Lego movie or Air or Tetris. Well, I mean, sort of in no, right? It, it is. I, I thought about the Lego movie a lot while I was watching it. And that's right, just because right, right, Will right. Ferrell is in it. But those other movies are about the creation of a product. Right, there could right. be a Barbie movie about you know, about Ruth Handler and about how the creation of it and her rise as the, the, uh, of Mattel generally, that could be an interesting movie in and of itself. And I'm not saying that movies like air or Blackberry or Tetris or that flaming Cheetos one are necessarily all bad movies. I actually, I only seen Blackberry and I loved it, but like the fact that there was a string of it, that people are interested in these stories that also coincide with being sort of advertisements for products like, what does that say about what, what people are into right now? Or maybe the bigger question is, what does it say about what movie studios are willing to make right now? Now, when you watched BlackBerry, did you feel like that was an ad for BlackBerry? No, that one is – I think that's an outlier in all sorts of different ways. Again, right, right. it's a small Canadian movie about a Canadian – I mean, it, it's uh, – but but certainly Air and I think Tetris certainly would – felt well, like more. 100%. That, right? But that's, that's the thing, right? I think if the movies are BlackBerry, which is – Outsiders from this situation are coming in to tell this story because it's weird and because it it teaches us something about capitalism, right? I think that that is interesting. But Air, Tetris, some of these other things that have been coming out, it's like they're pretending to be BlackBerry, but they're not BlackBerry. Even though I wouldn't say that BlackBerry is like a perfect movie or anything, Mm -hmm. it's not an ad for BlackBerry. I didn't leave BlackBerry going, man, I wish BlackBerry would come back. I was like, man, those people were fucking nuts. Like, that was crazy what they did. You know, it's funny that BlackBerry could have been about a fictional product and still been just about as effective. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it is weird that they – well, but I think it's because they're playing – this is the part I think that's happening a little bit here, Doug. And we'll get back to Barbie because this is not what Barbie is. But I I do want to mention that there's something that's compelling to people right now about the true story of things. Yeah. You know, and about – Or or presumed true story about things. Right, right, right. And Well, I, I was about to say fictionalizing a documentary there was that fucking beanie baby movie right that beanie mm-hmm. baby movie sucked and if you were curious about beanie babies watch the documentary about yeah. beanie babies it's much more informative the the uh next goal wins movie that movie fucking sucked but the the documentary <laughs> next goal wins is really fucking good watch the documentary <laughs> i think there's this idea of like let's take something that is in some sense true and make like a dramatic story out of it. And not that that hasn't always happened, but it's more usually focused on people. Hence the term biopic, not on corporations, but on the other hand, Doug, there is a small part of me that wants a more critical version of what these movies are, because the reality is a lot of our history is shaped by corporations. Like the inclination to say the story of businesses is actually important to history is not wrong, but these are not, historically critical takes. They're all fucking blowjobs to these things for the most part, you know? Liam, did you think about the Lego movie during Barbie? No. No? No. I think it's it, it, it feels similar to me because, again, it was something that was meant to... That movie isn't as critical about Lego as a concept, it, it, but it does kind of cross over into the everyday world. That's one of the things, by the way, watching Barbie, when they when they move into the real world... I was a little disappointed. I was like, "Well, I want to see more of the the you know the Barbie world." And they go back to the Barbie world. I kind of it kind of pleased everybody. Yeah. You think it's a you think the movie's a bit too long? Uh no. But I get I get why people might feel that way because it is long. But I'm enjoying myself the whole time, so it doesn't really <laughs> bum me out. One of the criticisms, as we've already kind of referred to, is how the presentation of feminism is in the movie. I don't think that we necessarily have a um, <laughs> this movie isn't necessarily built for us to have a commentary on this, but what did you think of 
that as a motivator for comedy the idea of patriarchy the way that ken kind of buys into it it does a lot of kind of of parody of sort of semi-recent um controversial topics there's even a a, a cast off mention of Zack snyder's justice yeah. league yeah, 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 how, yeah, how did yeah, you think yeah. all that works in the movie i mean it worked for me i, I could see that uh, some of it is kind of designed to annoy the the right kind of people, you know. Yeah. So I'm sure there are people who are bummed on it, but I found all of that funny and fun. Nothing about it to me was was bad in in any way. I think you you know if you want to complicate the whole thing, you could say like, well, the Kens. There's not really a clear way forward for the Kens, right? Like. Uh, 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 Ryan Gosling Ken had one bad idea and was able to conquer the entirety of his of his people. Yeah. All they need now is another Ken to have another bad idea, and the whole world <laughs> is going to fall apart. So yeah. I think I think you could argue that um, that this is not <laughs> that this is not great that this is not whatever. But I, I think in that sense we're taking the movie too seriously. I, yes. To me, it's like. It, it almost is like I could see someone responding to the discourse around this movie and say, this is why we don't put big ideas into things for kids or into things that are more fun, basic, whatever, because everyone gets so focused on the ideas, they miss the movie. And like, mm-hmm. I do want to say, like, the movie is an accomplishment in design, in set design, costuming. They really make a world. I think the acting and the dancing is great. The choreography is amazing. Like, there's so much here to enjoy. And random jokes, like, not just that there is a joke about uh, uh, Proust Barbie, but then they have Proust Barbie in the movie, you know? I think that's fun. Like, I can't stop thinking, Liam, about the when all the Barbies have to pretend to be interested in what the Kens are doing and the guy is explaining like Stephen Malkmus and uh-huh. the other guy is talking about the Godfather and it's just that is so much like kind of self-reflection for dudes specifically yeah. like us and people we know right and the way that we can go on and on about shit that in my case at least my partner doesn't give a fuck about <laughs> right 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 I mean I think of course in not seriously criticizing capitalism because that's not really on the table here sure we are missing something if we're going to talk about the feminist critique of the movie but i also think you know there's this moment that i think is really important and according to imdb greta gerwig had to fight for it to be included in the movie i don't know if that's true or not you can't trust stuff on imdb but i'm gonna go with that it's true and that's the moment on the bench where uh barbie sees this uh older woman who by the way is a famous Hollywood costume designer Mm -hmm. and tells her that she's beautiful. And it's part of a sequence of images where Barbie's just seeing the world. And what's important about her seeing the world is while it's filmed in a way to make it all seem beautiful, what she's seeing is not all beautiful, right? There are people Mm -hmm. who are sad, who are arguing. What she's seeing is life, right? And so this is what I wanted to write about, Doug, that in the movie, the oppositional forces are not the obvious ones, really, between men and women. Patriarchy is part of the negative aspect of our world and it's the one that barbie was maybe not fully designed but was it was hoped that in some way barbie might help address is patriarchy and there's no way to talk about that without also acknowledging that you know it wasn't that effective and the 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 joke of it being that barbie all the barbies in barbie world think that they solved all the problems of the world and have no idea i like that i think that's a fun insight i don't think it's meant to be that deep it's just a whatever i think what also is going on though is this this other thing and maybe this is intentional maybe it's not but there is an opposition placed between barbie world which is a realm of ideas in which any differentiation from the norm is weird there are no flaws really uh the only 
being that is flawed really is weird Barbie. Mm -hmm. And that's from usage. She is being used for the purpose for which she was made, but so excessively that now everyone ostracizes her, right? Yeah, she's ostracized and separated from the rest. Yes, yes, yes. But the real world is not just flawed socially, right? Like, in a world where, not that this is necessarily going to happen, I'm not a utopian person per se, but in a world where we did solve things like patriarchy, racism, capitalism, all that stuff, people would still get sick and die. Although I think mm-hmm. they would get sick and die a lot less because I think we would have solved a lot of these problems. But sure. that, that aside, it's still a world that is both beautiful and ugly. You know, It is a world in which new life emerges surrounded by piss and shit right like that is how we come into this world and that is really what life is and i think that the idea that barbie barbie isn't choosing death like i've seen people be like oh it's so crazy that in the end barbie chooses death she's not choosing death really what she's choosing is a life that could end in death right she's choosing a reality that is not permanent is a reality that comes in cycles in which there is good and bad in which there is light and dark in which there is life and death Uh, and she's leaving a place of just pure ideas and i don't think that's meant to be super deep but it is meant to be a celebration of a kind of like lived reality you know and i think in our world even people who are on the side that me and you want to be on people who believe in equality, who believe in the rights of various humans, all this stuff still tend to want perfection over reality, right? They still want to live in, 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 in a idea where all the ideals are good and all the lived facts of life are bad. Right. right? And that, you know, there's a real rejection of, of, of the real which means our bodies and our gushiness and all this stuff and i like i hate all that rejection i think a lot of it is remnants of various religions that we think we've escaped from but we haven't and it really bums me out all that stuff and so the fact that the movie it does boil down this choice that you know barbie has had this experience it's changed her she doesn't want to go back to not knowing what she knows but if she chooses to become real she's choosing terrible things as well as she's not just choosing whatever she's going to find i think in in the context of the movie she's choosing the cellulite right she's choosing the thing that at first was the thing that terrified her into Uh into going into the real world in the first place and then choosing to embrace it i think that word beauty is the key word to the movie to a certain extent right right because because barbie was created as an idealized version of beauty both from to a certain extent from a female point of view but certainly from a male point of view as well and that moment where she is witnessing the beauty of this older woman is, is you know, like you said, she's already seen a lot of ugliness in this real world, but can see the beauty in that is supposed to be reflective, I think, of this character, you know, willing to embrace a beauty that goes beyond these kind of very strict standards that she's lived within her entire quote unquote life. Yeah. Again, I don't want to put too much stock in IMDb, but they do give what I what they claim is a direct quote, which is that, you know, the movie is a little bit long. And so the studio was like, hey, we could cut this this, this cut the scene. woman cut the old woman <laughs> yeah well yeah well, well I, I, I get it i don't want to totally besmirch them but there is an idea that like well if you cut the bench the movie still moves forward right it's not essential to the plot but gerwig the quote they have from gerwig is if we cut this scene i don't know what this movie is about yeah and i think that that's important i think that is to some extent what the movie's about and that's not to say that we shouldn't discuss it. it's effectiveness it's a feminist film i think when people 
I think the real problem here is that people are looking to this movie to be more than it is. And I don't mean that of the critics. I think even some of the people celebrating it are like, this is revolutionizing. Sure. Uh, absolutely. That's, that, those people are crazy. You're right to doubt them. It's fine that you, they annoy you. That's all fine. I affirm all of that. Still, it does have stuff to say. And again, I don't think you can say legitimately that it's for children alone. I think it's meant to be watched by children, but it's also meant for their parents. 100%. However... Even movies like that, I don't think is as effective as this one is at dealing with some of these issues. Even the sanctified uh, Pixar that we all praise as being the perfect combination of adult and children things, or at least that's what it feels like on the internet. Um, I don't think any of the Pixar movies for me are as effective as dealing with real life stuff the way that this movie is, even if the movie for me is not absolutely perfect, but it is very enjoyable. It threads a needle, right? Very much. I mean, this uh, movie probably sold another, you know, however many million Barbies uh, after its release, while also not really being about a celebration of the brand Barbie. I mean, it is, but it also, it's trying to do more things. And you don't come, I didn't come out of it thinking, what a great toy. What a wonderful toy that exists out in the world. I was just, you know, really impressed with a lot of the filmmaking and a lot of the ideas that were at the core of it. You know, one of my favorite moments in it is that part where, America Ferreira's character is trying to pitch the idea of kind of like a regular Barbie, like a regular person. And then Will Ferrell dismisses it immediately. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then his money guy is like, oh, no, that'll sell really well. And he's like, okay, let's do it, right? Very, you know, a, you know, a very simple kind of, of, of uh, satirical joke, but feels reflective of the reality of even this movie, right? It's like it'll right. sell so we can do it. They can even be critical and about our, our company. It doesn't matter because we're still going to sell stuff. It's one of the things that you can kind of slide in a little reality simply because people will accept it alongside, you know, all the colorful fun shit. Speaking of the colorful fun shit, Liam, what did you think of the music in the movie? Oh, great. I, I listened to the music after the fact. I mean, again, I have a six-year-old daughter, soon to be seven-year-old daughter. So, like, she wanted Your to daughter loves Lizzo. Songs. We've established this. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I do think that's probably a bit of an embarrassment for the movie since Lizzo's kind of out right now. But uh, but still, there are other songs in the movie that really work. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I like the music a lot. I really like the dancing. The Ken dance sequence is fucking great, man. It that's one great. of my favorite things that happened this past year. It's just unbelievable. And I, I, I love all that stuff. Uh, how about the performances? I mean, the big performances are, of course, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. I think everyone loves Ryan Gosling in this movie, and I certainly include myself on that. I think he's terrific. And I think Margot Robbie is doing a very – that's a difficult role. It's more difficult than it looks, I think. I like that one moment where Helen Mirren's narrator comes on, and she's talking about how a scene where someone is supposed to be crying and seeing themselves as ugly is difficult when you have an actress as beautiful as Margot playing that role at that time i like that's an acknowledgement again that the movie didn't have to make though it's also kind of smoothing over a potential criticism any other performances stand out to you um i mean i really like all of the kens like yeah mm -hmm. they you know they're they're meant to be diverse but they also have to act really big to stand out in a way <laughs> and they're all for the most part people that i know from other things and from what I know them from, I wouldn't necessarily have seen them as a Ken. And so to see them all doing their thing, it's it's just really solid. I just – I like all that. The same is true for the Barbies, but I, I think the Kens are giving at times more comedic beats. So there's, they get to be There's fewer of them, so I think you get to yeah. – yeah, I think you get to see those. The, them playing the, the – uh, Matchbox Twenty song on the beach. That's oh such a God. terrific moment. But you know the Barbies are all, the Barbies that uh, the, there's like a smaller group of Barbies that we see. Mm -hmm. uh, That's true. They're they're pretty great too. They have some really good lines. 
Uh, America Ferrera, of course, I, I think she's awesome. But also the young woman playing her daughter, yeah, I thought was really solid too, and re- and really gets at this other kind of aspect of what's going on, which is the 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 age gap between experiences and things like that. Uh, and I agree with you that while I understand why some people didn't love that part of the movie, as far as the performance, Will Ferrell is great. He's this is really funny work from him, which we have. I think seen. a lot of his like kind of just just cast off lines about like I usually get shotgun shit like that I just think he's really boy it made me miss roles like this for Will Ferrell to a certain extent I agree yeah no I think he's really funny um I think that you've hit on it a couple times one of the questions I have here is is whether this is a good film for children obviously you think it's a good film for your daughter who's watched it a number of times Uh but I mean at at the core what you realize as you watch the movie is that it's about it's not just for children of course but even the story's not really about young women or tweens or anything like that or people growing out of loving Barbie. It's people kind of recapturing things that they loved and realizing they're not as pure as maybe they once were. Or maybe, you know, that realization that the thing that you loved maybe isn't as perfect as you once thought, that you can then revisit it and not ignore those flaws, but accept them and still like that thing. I think that's something that we can, you know, find in our own lives. That's a message that resonated with me when watching it, right? I mean, as I get older, I stopped being so militant sometimes about dismissing something because it's dated or it has dated attitudes. I'm more, you know, not that I, again, I think contextually, you still have to accept that those things are within, and I'm speaking specifically about movies because that's what we like to talk about, that, that those are in movies and you can't ignore them and you shouldn't. But that doesn't mean that you have to dismiss everything around it. You don't have to dismiss the artistry around it. The fact is, lots of movies from the 30s, 40s, 50s, and even into today have really terrible attitudes and and presentation. But that doesn't mean that they're all, that you can just throw out everything with them. And I think that's something that we kind of tangle with in a lot of the conversations we have about movies, particularly ones that are a little older. Well, and I think there was a real effort to make a movie that didn't rely on your Barbie fandom, but it had aspects to it, like different kinds of outfits, the joke about the pooping dog, although I will say, side note, about the capitalizing on this by Mattel. The only Barbie they re-released was the pooping dog Barbie. And while I do love the pooping dog Barbie, I think they should have found, like, I get that they're a bit embarrassed by the by the magical earring Ken, right? Mm-hmm. They should have released the magical earring Ken. Yeah. Even you know in a short I mean? run, right? They, people would have bought it hand over fist. But I think, I think in the end that 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 that's that they're still a little bit cowards, even though they let this movie come out. Uh, but still, did they I, not release like a regular person Barbie? No, I would have thought that would have been like like that's the joke of the movie. Like that's the core. It's like a regular person It doesn't have to be like you know. A, 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 it could just it could still be somewhat polished. I'm surprised, even if they I mean, just based it I'm directly not, on America Ferrera. I'm not an expert, right? I'm only basing this upon what I've seen in the stores. Sure. What I saw instead of a regular person Barbie was retro Barbies because this movie uh, brought attention to the history of Barbie. They started releasing Barbies designed on the past, which is not what the movie was about at all. <laughs> Once again, reality encroaching on, exactly. on something. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, uh, 100%. If, if, I, if I need to, to – endorse Mattel in order to like this movie, then the movie doesn't pass for me because Mattel doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. And I think I like how the Will Ferrell CEO somehow ends up more progressive than the real life people. Oh, yeah, the joke, the joke making fun of them. 100%. But I I do think that, um, uh, I do think that this is not a movie in my mind that is made for children, but there is an attempt to make a movie that 
appeals to children, appeals to adults, appeals to people who love Barbie, but also appeals to people who maybe don't give a fuck about Barbie, but are interested in a Greta Gerwig movie, are interested in like the aspects of this movie. And it's not perfect, right? Like I, I don't think that it, it nails those things, but it does a lot of that. I really, though, found myself thinking about this idea related to to the choosing of life, and I'm, I'm wondering about it as a theme and some other things that we've seen recently. Uh, 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 and 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 how that plays out. So I think that 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 aspect is going to always get me at the end when she's given this choice and she chooses what she does. That is, it gets me emotionally. It's it's the part of the movie where I'm not just thinking about I'm having fun, where I actually care about what's happening. You know, whereas the rest of it, it's more silly and fun, and and yeah, it has a message, but I don't think it's that heavy of a message in my mind. Right, and it's not necessarily emotional in the way that it. it I I think some of the stuff with Real Perlman's character feels a bit false to me, but I do think that the material that comes after it, with her choosing the real world, even though it ends on that joke, I do find that emotionally affecting, and I think that there is something really real there, and I think it's, I think it, it's consistent with the kind of emotionality that's in a lot of Greta Gerwig's films. Um, there was something I was going to say that I have forgotten. Liam, anything else you want to mention about the movie Barbie? Oh, I just think that uh, I I hope that this is not too weird for us to do an episode talking about, like, the biggest movie. I mean, it was the biggest movie of the year, right? Like, nothing even compared. I mean, it was massively financially successful. And it does feel like one of those movies that kids, certain kids, will take you to the extent where they'll watch it a hundred times. Yeah, I, I don't know that we'll become that regular of watchers, but could I see us watching it once in a year? Yeah, definitely. It's 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 a good time. It has stuff I care about. It you know it it makes me think a little bit, and I love that it actually makes me think critically about can we even sell a product pro, a product that criticizes its own maker? Right? Could a movie even be made with Mattel that? actually criticize Mattel maybe not or if it is if it can happen is that helpful that feels like a loss maybe like if Barbie could come out and make all this money for Mattel but also have a really biting critique of Mattel doesn't that then make it clear that art is meaningless because <laughs> it can't actually hurt the people who make it yeah or, I mean there's, but there's certainly lots of movies I mean even Movies, you know, it could be about a Barbie-like doll, right? And just be very yeah. critical about the concept. I'm, I'm just saying, it, at least Mattel can't make their own. They can't make their own movie that destroys them, right? Like, that needs to come from somebody else, I think. This is, like, my version. This is my very uh, materialistic version of the master's tools or whatever, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, do, I, I remember the question I was going to ask, which is that the fact that this movie angered certain people who – we are politically aligned against, let's say. Let's just say that in, 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 in the parlance of our day, it angered the right people. Does that make you happy when you watch a movie like this? Like, is, it, is that a part of the enjoyment? Is like, oh, they'll, the, the really fucking shitty people out there are going to hate this. I don't know. I, 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 guess, uh, I guess there are moments maybe where if a joke is particularly about one thing that I find annoying, right? That 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 maybe comes into play. Like that Zack Snyder like, joke. Yeah, that Zack Snyder joke I thought was funny. You know, whatever. As a larger thing, no. I mean, especially in the case of this movie, because 
I don't. I think some of the people who just assumed they were going to hate it probably never even saw it, right? Right, right, of course. And then the people who really hated it, who understood what it was they were hating, are the sort of like disgusting misogynists that I don't really want to even think about. You know what I mean? Like just the fact that they exist is such a bummer that like I, I I'm not thinking about them when I'm watching the movie. You know, I do think that there is a. There is a sort of middle ground where it's not someone who hated the movie, but there was a small group of people who felt kind of bummed by the movie. And I think we know these people. They're these kind of centrist people that feel like any criticism of any group is probably unfounded because we're just all the same, you know? Doug, we're just all the same. (laughs) I'll I'll be honest. Even saying that out loud makes it feel even more right-wing than centrist. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying these are how they see themselves. And there was a small group of people who were like, I don't know, it just felt like a movie about how men suck and that hurt my feelings. And I'm like, that to me is so fucking gross that like if I thought about those people during the movie, I might be like, yeah, fuck you. You know, because the people who are so far outside this thing that they're just like, mean men with podcasts who say shitty things about women all the time i don't think about them ever they don't matter to me like they matter in the sense of i want to destroy them but they don't matter to me like with their opinion matters it's this other group that wants to pretend like they're part of you know what what i feel like i'm doing in the world who are really gross and just think anything negative is like inappropriate those are the people that i might be like yeah fuck those people like because they feel closer (laughs) to they feel a lot closer to something that uh that i could see being a part of whereas people who are as extreme as like the bench peers of the world it's like i don't that i don't even engage with that you know it's not even something that i want to think about you know i mean i do think that there's a certain kind of media consumer who when they end up feeling bad about themselves after watching something or, or listening to something or something like that that they they take that as a personal affront right they don't th- think of that as a opportunity for introspection it's like well why are they criticizing me why am i worth criticizing or maybe not you why is a certain group that i'm part of worth criticizing some people just hate introspection they hate turning the mirror on themselves turning the flashlight on themselves and this is a movie that is it's not about how all men are shitty it's just that the men created a world and the world is shitty <laughs> yeah 100 <100%. laughs> percent. I, I i just also think as much as i am praising this as a conversation starter especially for young people it's not that sharp it's no. not that cutting. If if you're cut by this, you're really fuck. Your skin's really fucking thin, right? You know, yep. I, I just don't. It's the same thing. You know, there's still conversations going on in communities that I'm a part of about like censorship and oh, who's gonna you, you know what are people gonna say? And I feel like the people who say shitty things and then get yelled at for it are as if not more sensitive than the people who are yelling about the shitty thing they said, right? 100%. Because if you're so if your skin is so thick, why do you care that people are like, "Oh, that sucks. That sucks that he said that." Hey man, not only do I think it sucks that you said that, I think your band sucks too. So like, what do I care? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I just think like in my mind, the anyone who sees this and feels personally attacked is not just probably not really uh, interested in the equality of of, of not just women but uh, anyone different than them. Um, I also think they're just their skin is too fucking soft. Like, what is wrong with you that you got hurt by this? It just doesn't feel that sharp to me that people should be walking away feeling really bummed on it. I mean, it's. I think that that criticism of it being feminism one hundred and one. There, there is something to that. 
But yeah. it's also it's like some people they don't even see feminism one on one. They don't even. Right? I mean, they that's what it boils been, down to. Yeah, yeah never yeah, been yeah, exposed yeah. to it. So it's it's amazing to see such negative reactions again. We are, I think, acknowledged, acknowledged and talked about some very valid criticisms about this movie, but there are people whose criticisms are not valid. That are they're they're, they're reacting and acting out because of just the very fact that it's trying to deal with something that's a little more serious. And those people are, you know, to steal a quote from another successful <laughs> media property, those are not serious people, and they're not worth our time. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Liam, that was Barbie from the year 2023. Give it a rating out of 10. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh, 8.5. 8, 8. Liam gives it a strong 8.5 out of 10. I think I'll put it right around 8 out of 10. That's what podcasts about popular properties do. Is, no, that's not what – is that really They what rank do? it out of 10. I don't like, I don't like that. If you're you really doing, want to know hey, how thoughts, you can always hey, go to our letterbox. If you're doing thing. that, stop doing that. Yeah, I know. It's stop 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 comp- even stop the, putting uh, media against each yo, other. Even, even though we have both have letter letterbox no, accounts. No, no, even the letterbox thing, I find that useful for me to see a list and think, okay, which movies did I love? Because I forget, Doug. I, forget. I was going to say, letterbox is great for us because we're yes. old men whose memories are terrible. And but, it's good to be able to go back. It's like, oh, I saw that and I thought it was at least good or decent or great even, right? That's I forget great movies all the time. Well, and I think I've had people even say to me, like, well, you rated this thing a blah, 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 but you rated this other thing. Blah. And I was like, I picked those stars in the moment. I don't fucking yeah. know. It's not exactly. scientific. Mm-hmm. And and I'll re-rate something. I'll literally watch a movie within the same year and go, ah, no, no, I was wrong. It's actually this. Because I don't fucking know, man. I'm guessing. It's not real. Yeah. It's not, We're there's terrible no, critics. There's We're no awful. numbers. <laughs> There's no numbers that that you can actually use. No, absolutely. And also, it this is one of the things I make. I think we've talked about this before. I used to like write a lot of movie reviews, and we still do occasionally. But just the idea that it's so influenced by the context of how you're watching the movie, right? If you're in a shitty movie theater full of people chatting, if you're at home, if you're watching it in pieces, whether you're in a good mood, whether you've had a terrible week, whether you've got COVID like Liam has for the 70th time, it just really affects how you see a movie. 70th time. It's the second time I've had COVID. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I agree with you there. I really think if, if your criticism is going to be useful, it either has to be, you know, more conversational. Hey, this is what I thought, and I've read you before, so I trust what you thought, and I read it and go, oh, that's interesting, you know, either because I'm trying to decide if I want to see a movie or because I saw a movie and I'm interested in what people think about it. And then I think criticism can be at a higher level where it's about ideas that the art represents. What what I think is weird is, like, when people have these highfalutin takes on their own criticism and it boils down to, like, this movie sucks. Okay, that's not a – you know, that's just – I'm not saying that your opinion isn't valid, but that is your opinion. But if you want to argue a perspective on what the movie represents, that's something we can talk about. And it can be compelling or not compelling. It's not scientific, but it's an actual argument. If all we're going to talk about, if it sucks or not, don't get me wrong. I'll have that conversation, but it doesn't feel scientific. It doesn't feel like... A, a a win or die thing. It's like a I don't know. I didn't like it. You know. And I think there's I think there's value Liam in reviews that are written immediately after someone sees a movie. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But there's there's also a different kind of value for criticism about a movie that has existed for a while and you're Agreed. watching it in a greater context. Yeah, and what you might may find is that given time, a movie that you loved or hated will represent something different to you when you watch it and you think about it in a different way. You know, and that's awesome. That's great. I love that. I love it. But yeah, and what what if half the cast gets canceled? <laughs> yeah, that too. 
That can happen sometimes. <laughs> anyway, enjoy Baby Driver, available on Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Liam, that is it for Cinema Smorgasbord Sells Out. Uh, we will not be announcing the subject of our next episode because we don't know what's going to be in the zeitgeist. Liam, the zeitgeist. That's what we're paying attention to. We got we to gotta, we gotta lick our fingers and poke them into social media and see where the yeah. wind is blowing. See what people are complaining or celebrating, uh, and uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, with that, but before we say goodnight, Liam, what's the best way for people to check out more episodes of Cinema Smorgasbord Sells Out? Well, of course, they can go to... <laughs> I love that you're laughing your way through this. Uh, they can, of course, go to cinepunks.com, C-I-N-E, P-U-N-X, uh, for the latest episodes of this and, and a whole bunch of other podcasts. Or they can go to cinemasmorgasbord.com for our archive and uh, our, for our show base, broken up on topic, whether they want to hear more of our takes on big movies or our exploration of obscure things that some people know and other people don't. You can find our entire archive of shows over at cinemasmorgasbord.com, which includes shows devoted to such diverse topics as the career of Carol Kane, Jackie Chan, Alejandro Jodorowsky. If you don't know those names, you probably know some of them. But if you don't know all the names that, that are there, that's fine. You can always listen to Cinema Smorgasbord Sells Out, which is about uh, a little bit more well-liked or, or at least more mainstream media. But you can find that over at cinemasmorgasbord.com or on Twitter at cinemasmorg, S-M-O-R-G. Or you can find me on Blue Sky. Just look for Doug Tilly. That's T-I-L-L. E-Y. Uh, and if you're enjoying what you're hearing right now, why don't you tell a friend? Why don't you leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice? If you want to converse with Liam and myself, you can also join the Cinepunks Discord. Why don't you just drop us a line on one of our social medias, join Cinepunks on Facebook or wherever, and ask us to, for an invite, and you can come on and talk to us on there as well. But for now, Liam, we got to say goodnight. We're going to be back very soon. Selling out on Cinema Smorgasbord sells out. Good night, everyone. Night night. Doesn't seem to matter what I do. I'm always number two. No one knows how hard I tried. Oh, oh, I, I have feelings that I can't explain. Driving me insane. All my life been so polite. But I'll sleep alone tonight Cause I'm just kidding Anywhere else I'd be tame Is it my destiny to live and die A life of blood for charity I'm just kidding Where I see love she sees a friend What will it take